to make a rich, smooth cold brew. Tim Horton steeps 100% Arabica beans for 16 hours. What could be richer than that? Well, uh... How about blending in swirls of sweet Irish cream? Rich enough? Ooh, I guess. Not quite, because Tim Hortons tops that cold brew with the cloud of sweet cold foam. Now, what could be richer than that? Nothing? Exactly. Irish cream cold brew with cold foam now at Tim Hortons. Or try cold foam on any of your Tim Hortons favorites. Modifications extra for a limited time at participating U.S. locations. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to episode 27 of the Michiana People podcast. In this episode, I got to chat with Amber and Nate Butler from the local band Shiny Shiny Black. I had listened to their music some before I started the podcast, but I really became a super fan after seeing them at a showcase show at Ignition Music in Goshen. Their songs talk about the struggle and the joy of real life, and they put it together in a super traditional rock fashion. It's just great, great music, and they are great people to talk to. Now, you are going to notice that this interview cuts off uh, rather suddenly, and that's because I embarrassingly didn't check the batteries in my recorder before I started the interview, and I started out at almost dead and ended up dying before the interview was completely over. So I've talked to Amber and Nate, and if they have some time, we may get back together and discuss their new EP that's coming out in September, Wild Edges, and talk about that and maybe just talk with them a little bit more and also put my review of the EP on there because I've gotten a little advanced copy and have been listening to it and it's fantastic. So speaking of Ignition Music, I've got an interview coming up with Steve Martin, the owner of Ignition, and he's just an absolute genius at picking out the best up-and-coming bands to play at his place. If you've never been to a show at Ignition, you're really missing out on one of the best music experiences you can have anywhere. I'm at the point now where I don't even research the bands he books. If I can be there, I'm there and I've never been let down. Check out their website ignitionmusic.net to see the shows that are coming up. Follow them on Facebook and they, they're revamping their Instagram and putting up a lot of good content on Instagram. So just look up Ignition Music on Facebook and Instagram and give them a follow and get over there for a show. If you like music at all, you are going to like just about any show that they put up. Some of you may know I've been doing a little bit of stand-up comedy and I've done a couple of the open mics at the Drop Comedy Club in South Bend and I'm getting to know some of the other comics that actually have put a lot more time than I have into their craft but I'm having a lot of fun. If you are ever around the Drop Comedy Club on a Tuesday night it goes from 8 to 10. I'd love for you to stop in. I usually post on my Facebook page and on the podcast Facebook page when I'll be there. I can't be there every single time, but I'll let you know when I'm going to be there. In that spirit, they have a really good comedian coming up on this Wednesday the 31st. His name is Kurt Brownoller, and he has been on Conan. He's been on Bob's Burgers. He's been on Chelsea Lately. 
and at midnight and he's also got a live album out on the kill rock stars label the tickets for the show are 10 bucks each and it's a 17 and up show and the show's at eight o'clock so even though it's a wednesday you'll probably be out of there by 10 o'clock and you can get to bed and get plenty of sleep before going to work i have checked out some of Kurt's stuff on YouTube and he is hilarious. So if you want something to do on a Wednesday night to get over the work week blues, I would suggest you go to the Drop Comedy Club and you can get tickets at dropcomedyclub.com and uh, check out their Facebook page too. Also, if you would like for me to put out any plugs for events or anything that is going on, if you have a special event, if you've got a art gallery opening, anything you've got, um, just shoot me an email, scott at michianapeople.com with the details, and I will be glad to put that into my intro for the appropriate podcast based on the date that it's going to happen. Always give me a couple weeks notice because sometimes I record these a couple weeks ahead of time. Okay, sponsors. You guys probably know by now that I work for Mapletronics. I may be a little biased, but I know we have some of the best IT engineers in the region. I'd put our knowledge up against anyone around, but that's not what makes Mapletronics great. It's our ability to solve your IT issues with you instead of always selling you the expensive solution that we think you need. Mapletronics will find a solution for your business continuity, security, and productivity needs that fits your expectations and budget. Check out mapletronics.com forward slash Michiana people for an absolutely free gift and explore the website to see what Mapletronics can do for you. Today I had the pleasure of sitting in on a lunch and learn with Grant from Vala Marketing and learned some really cool things about how to use social media to market my podcast and things that you can use to market your business. Grant is just an absolute genius at this stuff. I would strongly suggest that if you have a business and you don't have any idea on what to do with social media, what to do with your website, what to do with your logo, that you check out Vala Marketing and give Grant a call. Grant's putting out a special deal for the Michiana People podcast listeners. He will do a website search engine and social media audit to help you identify where you're at and where you can go in all those areas. You can give him a call at 574-606-6696 or email him at grant at volamarketing.com. Once again, his number is 574-606-6696, or you can email him at grant at volamarketing.com. Okay, on to the show, Shiny Shiny Black. Like I said, it's kind of short, but I hope we'll get back together. Hey, welcome to the Michiana People podcast. Today I'm talking with Amber and Nate Butler from the band Shiny Shiny Black and their studio in Goshen, Indiana. Thanks for being on the podcast, Amber and Nate. Thank you. Now, I listened to your music prior to even starting the podcast, and mm-hmm. I loved it. And I caught it. Um, they were playing your stuff on the Globe, and they've been playing it for a couple years. Yeah. So I caught some of the songs. I think they played The Prisoner and Lights On yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. And just love those songs. So then when I started the podcast, I was starting to think about musicians. So then I popped your album up on Spotify and started listening to it a lot. Okay. And then I started bugging you guys to be on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> about two months ago, and here we here we finally are. I did want to talk a little about a bit about the first time I saw you live. It was here at Ignition. We are below Ignition in your studio right yep, now, yep. and it was here at Ignition. It was a show 
showcase show. I already told you that I was totally blown away by this area. I just, yeah, yeah. I, I lived in Indy for a few years, and it makes me want to go back and just yeah. watch them wherever they are because <laughs> they they are so good. I, I watched you guys perform, and it was just, I compare a lot of local acts to all the national acts that are doing well sure. now, and it's just Every bit is good and even a little better sometimes, and that's that's kind of what I saw from you guys. So it was just it was just really 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 neat to see you guys. And so I've been kind of reading what people have written about you, and I read your website and stuff like that. I wanted to kind of give you an overview of what I thought your music sounds like to me. Okay, and it. If you know any of these bands, then tell me because it's all '80s stuff, seventies uh, <laughs> uh, and '80s. Guadalcanal Diary. Have you ever heard of them? No, I, you, you need to listen to, to them. I'm gonna have to take notes. Yeah, they actually they actually got pegged as an REM ripoff, but oh, okay. they really weren't. They had one song that was kind of REM ish. And REM is the other band I've got. I've got The Cure. Um, you guys kind of, you got kind of a Cure sensibility about you. And then Replacements. And then your your lyrics just totally bring out the Warren Zevon type, oh, yeah, type yeah. thing. So that's what I got from your music. And to listen to Travelers probably. And, and up coming to this, I've probably listened to that, those songs probably 150 times in the last two months so i i kind of know them (laughs) (laughs) so given what i've told you about what i think you sound like what kind of stuff did you guys listen to when when you were getting into music um well i grew up in a, a church where we weren't allowed to listen to music i've heard that but um but there was live music at the church mm-hmm. and so my initial influences are like large group singing with a band mm-hmm. and you know very kind of you know a lot of a lot of the folks there were just basically like converted hippies mm-hmm. well so it was acoustic guitar and right bass and drums and there was a uh, there was always a hammond mm-hmm. um there was actually it had stereo Leslie's. I always thought that was really cool. Uh-huh. Um, you could see them when you're you yeah, know, when, especially when you're a kid. You're at the right height. You can see right in the windows uh-huh. of those things and see them. Yeah, see them spinning around in there. I always thought that was really neat. But uh-huh. I, I remember also there the the whole like cu- culture was into like bootlegging the the services. Uh huh. So like like I remember as a kid like just tape recorders everywhere. Uh huh. And everybody had one, and, and like the fancy guys had like little microphones with stands that right. they set up. You know, uh-huh. that. my parents had like you know the twelve dollar one from Radio Shack. Uh-huh. That, you know, just with all itself. <laughs> but I remember always like asking my dad, "Can we can we go sit by the drums so we can uh-huh. so I can watch them and right." And you know maybe it'll be louder on the tape. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> that, was, that was my main goal. Yeah. Was like you know, yeah. if we listen to the tape, we uh-huh. can, we can hear the drums be right. louder. Right. <laughs> I can't tell you how many bands I've seen where I've listened to their recorded stuff and then mm-hmm. seen them live, and the drummer, you, you didn't even really know the drummer was there on the recorded stuff except for hearing the backbeat. Right. But, but the drummers are so much better when you see them live. I mean, mm-hmm. it just, they, they, they really come out. And a, a band I saw, and this was again in the 80s, I saw the Georgia Satellites. Okay. And, and when you listen to their recorded stuff, the drums are okay. But uh-huh. man, live he was just tearing it up. Nice, yeah. nice, yeah. I think, I think there's something really visceral 
about kind of the physicality of being a drummer mm-hmm. or whatever that it can really draw people in you know if the the band in particular the drummer is physical that's like one of your especially if you're in a small show where there's not a lot of lighting uh-huh. and and production right you know the the most active thing you have on stage is the drummer right right, right. so that can yeah. kind of you know <laughs> adds a lot uh-huh. of, of energy that that would never come across in a recorded form. right you know you can't right. you can't see them <laughs> right right so but yeah as far as like what we we're influenced by you know i had no filters at all Mm -hmm. by the time i was a teenager and so i think it made me really receptive to like what was going on i also felt like especially towards the end of high school really out of tune with culture like i just didn't understand Mm -hmm. the united states of america i hadn't really been a part of it Mm -hmm. even though i lived here my whole life i was i was separated from it right so for me and i think a little bit for amber too like we just went nuts with exploring stuff like Mm -hmm. you know especially like my dad would listen to the oldies music right so i was familiar with the temptations and uh you know diana ross and the supremes or or the beatles or that kind of stuff but but literally like musically i'm like you know 30 years Mm -hmm. in the past right you know the most cutting edge thing my dad listened to was early yes okay and so so you know it sounds like like uh creedence clearwater or the Mm -hmm. band make a lot of sense to me right because that's kind of really what I was more right. exposed to outside of just what I was experiencing in a church There's nothing service. wrong with that either. Right. And so, <laughs> so for me, actually, a lot of what I, I was exposed to, you know, was more that. And then once I kind of hit like my early 20s, just really dove deep into okay what the heck happened while i was alive mm-hmm. right <laughs> musically yeah. what was going on <laughs> i don't know i have yeah. no clue right. what was going on and then that really you know uh some friends introduced me to u2 and then mm-hmm. rem and and so you know i guess my my second tier of influences are a lot of 80s bands right which okay you're hearing yeah uh, for sure, you know, so, so, um, you know, I would definitely say I, in my own head, it's a combination of, you know, sort of those classic mm-hmm. sounds, but maybe a little more new wavy. And right. The, right. The, that's the songwriting and that's, approach. Yeah. That's kind of, I mean? that's kind of what I hear. So. Now, Amber, when did you guys meet? At what ages were you guys when you met? <laughs> we were pretty young, but Nate's five years older than me. So okay. I was really young. <laughs> okay. I was like a senior in high school when we okay. started hanging out, and he was like, you know, young 20s. Okay. And we were both messing around with music then. That was one of the things that we were like, oh, you're cool because you do music. Right, <laughs> <You know>? right, <laughs> right. Um, but I also, I've been a little more like all over, like Nate's always been like, I am only doing music, and I am 100% only doing music, and that's it. Uh-huh. And whereas I've kind of like swung in and out of it at different times. Uh-huh. And, um, had ever more like questions of like what should I do with my life you know uh-huh. <laughs> I right, wander right. around a little bit more yeah so. I'm 52 and I still have yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I have some similar like definitely still had more of a Christian music context growing up uh-huh. in my family and mm-hmm. stuff so a similar dynamic of like oh I'm in my 20s and there's like a whole lot of stuff that I don't even know like just illiterate about popular music right um, right so there was that whole process of learning, I think. But just even in that background, 
I lean more towards the like folk singer songwritery stuff mm-hmm. and like lyrics being really preeminent and mm-hmm. right. big over the Rhine fan. Uh-huh. So okay, I have like I studied English, so like literary overtones and stuff mm-hmm. kind of draws me in more. Okay, so that's kind of my piece. Indigo Girls. Yeah, I mean, I never like way got into them, but yeah, it fits. Yeah, the yeah, <laughs> I love template. That. Yeah, yeah, it fits the template. Yeah, I think. Still, and a similar experience of like experiencing music in church growing up a lot and in my family and stuff just on our own. So there's just all this like inherent, you know, harmonizing and mm-hmm. rhythm sense of like that's just like infused and whatever. Yeah. You know. And if you pay attention, you hear church music in a lot of stuff. Oh, I mean, sure. I mean, it, I mean, it it's made it in rock and roll. There. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> you got the the church hymns that turned into the blues that turned into rock and right. and offshoots of that were the country and bluegrass and all that just right. depending on which part of the country you're in so right yeah right. so well you can't you can't you can't uh separate the carter family from johnny cash and you nope. can't sem- separate elvis from you know gospel churches mm-hmm. and so it's it's definitely like you know and without those two i I really don't think you you have much of rock and roll uh-huh. right so you know it's kind of in there right it's in, right. The, it's in the water There's right no getting right. Around it. right amber when you guys play out you're normally playing bass mm-hmm. is that is that your main instrument or do you play other stuff too that's my main instrument okay right now i i played guitar like starting out uh-huh. um but and then i've just been messing around a little with banjo but it's pretty early with okay that. yeah okay so it's fun yeah i love to watch steve martin play banjo not steve oh, yeah. martin upstairs but oh, steve oh. martin the, the, the comedian, comedian. Right. yeah yeah he's, amazing. <laughs> he's he's great so good. yeah hey, he's crazy good and he pretty much says everything he did was just so he could have more more money and time to play banjo so <laughs> 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 so you can definitely tell it so when I'm listening to your music, and I know Nate does a lot of the writing, a lot of the lyrics, I see a lot of different points of view that are, like, real, mm-hmm. that come from there's happiness, there's some despair, there's there's some anger, and just all kinds of good stuff that's real emotional stuff to listen to. I've got one particular song I kind of wanted to ask about okay. where it came from, and you probably know what it is, Love Kill. Oh, uh, that one short song, but some pretty powerful lyrics, and I want—I kind of wonder where that that came from. That let's see, we're going back a couple years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, it's hard. <laughs> I wrote "Love Kill" and um, "Look Me in the Eyes" about the same time. Okay, and so they kind of get mixed up in mm-hmm. my head. Mm-hmm. But "Love Kill," I think my approach to that was—I mean, obviously, I was processing some own my own personal emotions in there, but. Mm-hmm. But what I had done as kind of a, a device to help me get over a kind of a, a songwriting block mm-hmm. was I started basically taking religious text mm-hmm. and reinterpreting it. So that song is basically like if Johnny Cash wrote the book of Job. Okay. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. You know, and trying to take like that kind of really over the top, you know, I shot a man once to, or right. just to watch him die. Yeah, you know, yeah. Kind of, kind of <laughs> like rock and roll swagger right. to, to right. the uh, 
you know, the desperation that's present, uh, you know, kind of in the middle third of the book of Job, which is, Mm -hmm. and I had to give myself permission to write from those texts because Mm -hmm. that was the stuff like, I mean, we went to church four and five days a week when I was a kid. So like, that was all I knew. So, so I have all these stories in my head Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, almost are like mythical archetypes right. in my head and right. so it was like job can represent a lot of things or a lot of people or a lot of you know experiences that you go through in life and so i was just kind of like you know what if johnny cash wrote this piece of it uh-huh. you know, what would that sound like and that's right. kind of you know right. where that that really kind of yeah well it was powerful i that that one that one i mean it, Everybody likes lights on and, sure. and the prisoner and yeah. that, they're a little more more hopeful. Yeah, <laughs> that song's just like, yeah, like that like, one's all like, yeah, like, do that, not leave me out here in the freaking right, desert, right, okay? right. <laughs> Love me or kill me, right. And you also did a cover of Wayfaring Stranger, which has been done. I don't know, maybe a hundred a hundred different artists uh, yeah, have done it. At least, but I loved hearing your take on it and. Where did that come from? Was that one of the, one of those songs that you heard growing up? That you no, I I fell in with um, a guy from Goshen here, um, Jay Lab. Okay, uh, and he introduced me to his friend uh, Trent Wagler when I lived in in uh, Virginia, and Trent was really digging into you know early gospel music you know uh southern southern music and you know mm-hmm. old-timey and right. mountain songs and songs. holler mm-hmm. songs and all these kind of you know you know mountain music right and um and so that was a song he was doing and when when i was playing with them when jay started really kind of becoming more a part of the steel wheels mm-hmm. um and i actually um got to record most of the blue heaven record mm-hmm. that they put out and there was just some some something like kind of spooky and very like uh, <laughs> uh you know heavy about this song and yet very down to earth that yeah. I really connected with you right. know what i mean yeah and uh so basically like i just kind of took that mood and put like a rock and roll riff underneath it yeah it's basically the way i learned this song from them Uh which i learned later was actually derivative it's not like a straight yeah version of the traditional right right. version of that song so which you know i got into to an intense conversation one time with with the producer uh, over that because I wasn't singing it the right way and I'm like I don't care <laughs> <laughs> this is the way I learned it's it. my that's way that's the way I'm going to sing yeah. it <laughs> so. it's your song when you're recording it so it's your way so right. that's great for sure yeah now I understand that you've got a new album coming out mm-hmm. pretty quick tell me about it oh man well it's an EP so that's just the kind of the season we're li- of life we're in we got a couple mm-hmm. little girls and yeah <laughs> um, I'm trying to put food on the table with music, which means that I work a lot for right. kind of small amounts of pay at a time. Yeah, and yeah. so trying to continue to maintain being an artist and, and touring and doing doing you know shows mm-hmm. and, and all of that, and keeping all of our social media going, and actually recording the record ourselves yeah. and and doing all that, it just has worked out. To, we're able to put out 
an EP uh-huh. at, this, at this point. I imagine in the not, next couple of years we'll be able to get a little more space to write. But um, so initially, like the, the fact that it's an EP is actually just really reflective of the season of life we're in. You know, mm-hmm. right? Beyond that, my side of it, I just I feel really excited about. You know, Amber played banjo on a, on two two tracks on on this EP. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're starting to be able to grow and cultivate yeah. some things and get components that I really want to be a part of what Shiny Shiny Black is made up of. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we're being able to do that right. more comfortably. I feel like I'm still pretty green as a songwriter, um, in my own opinion. I That's just your opinion. Like, I well <laughs> sounds pretty seasonal. I got to the the good fortune of working up really close with uh, my friend Jonathan Ruel okay. and Trent Wagler mm-hmm. while they were writing. Right. You know, and and understand, like, you know, kind of what goes into making a, a song that has significance over time. Mm-hmm. You know, are you, saying, right. are you saying something meaningful and are you delivering it in a way that's memorable? Right. You know, right. and so, so I feel like between that and just the musical chops that I developed as a drummer kind of set me up to, I guess move along fairly quickly right. as a songwriter but mm-hmm. I, st- I still feel like I'm have a pretty pretty long ways to go and I think if you're looking at purely from that angle I feel like the melodies on the EP are mostly better and stronger than a lot of what's on Travelers mm-hmm. um, I feel like I'm getting closer to my aesthetic songwriting mm-hmm. but also being more meaningful right and that's not to diminish what the you know the work on travelers but i i'm excited that i feel like we're growing yeah it's pretty i <laughs> kind of want that to happen every yeah, time right like this one is, yeah and i was like well no the new I'm, one's better i promise you know it's it's or just different a pretty joyful record too i mean there's i mean there's some it, it's got all of your elements in it sure mm-hmm. but i when i listened to it i felt pretty happy Cool. Yeah, Thank you. <laughs> and and that kind of goes to the point of life you're at when you have a two and a five year old and you're chasing them around. It's kind of hard not to be giggly and happy. So <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it's I, uh, like, uh, <laughs> I, I'm glad that that's what you're taking away from the record. I I um, you know, the world can be pretty freaking dark sometimes. Yes, and I think I've come to a place where where I don't want to. I've I've had some friends who who were eaten up by the darkness uh-huh. you know and I, I don't I don't want to contribute to sinking further into that right um, with my art right you know what I mean and that makes that um, speaks volumes for me because it's very easy and one of the things that I've been pondering over is children just soak up what's going on mm-hmm. and they don't say anything about it for a long time and all of a sudden something will come out right. you know something about you know those kids were murdered or mm-hmm. whatever it, it just and it just breaks your heart to know that they've internalized that and right. and and for art to you know what some people have to get it out and right. and and sometimes i put on the hardest metal music i i can listen to when i'm driving just because i got to get it out right, right. but but sometimes i got to put on stuff that's going to bring me back and put me <laughs> put me in the good zone too right but yeah that really speaks volumes that not wanting to contribute to that and i think everybody that 
is living their daily life if you decide you want to be a kind person right and say hi to people when you see them and look them in the eye help somebody with their grocery little things like that just doing that creates just a little bit better atmosphere and it spreads right and and right for the whole world yeah And, and i think i think the other thing that i don't care for with art is when it becomes one-dimensional um so one of the things that kind of bothered me as a teenager when i started going to public school was how angry all the time the grunge movement was Mm -hmm. in how that that's all it was yeah you know what I mean? Right. It was sad, morose, and angry. Mm-hmm. And there was no, there was very little joy. And it, right. it, and if there was, you know, it was, uh, I would walk 500 yeah. miles, you know. Yeah. And everybody would be like, oh, that's cute. Okay, uh-huh. you know, back to, back to you know, real life. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that was right. like kind of the outlook mm-hmm. of my generation. And, and, and then partly because of my religious background the, the reaction to that was like well you should never go there right and i'm like well like, that's not be that sad both yeah. things are missing a huge piece of the picture like, right it's, right and, and it's not honest right right let's be honest sometimes right. life sucks yep okay mm-hmm. let's talk about that right and then let's talk about what are we going to do about it? right right that- <laughs> you know you know and 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 uh so i i don't know i i've had a desire i think all along as an artist to like connect with people who are feeling outside mm-hmm. of for you know whether it's because they're they're poor or they're they're sad and everybody else is happy uh-huh. or you know whatever that that kind of that outsider thing and then and then help those people to tr- be drawn in or right. belong you know what i mean and yep. so you know if if what i'm doing is making you feel joyful yeah and then, then yeah. i'm winning yeah. right and, and, <laughs> and, and i just uh, on on your music i just like the real i mean it's not it, it's not all bubblegum pop and it's not yeah. it's not all let's let's you know get as sad as we can and right. yell about it and stuff like that so right. it, it, it's what real life is i mean you know every day you've got your good points and your bad points and right and, and you go through it and life is like that it's up and down and, yeah and if if you can uh find a a middle ground and and find contentment and that's why i've always told my kids i said if you strive to be happy all the time you're going to lose every time right but you want to be content so that you can get through the bad times and the good times don't take you up so high that when you come down you're falling so totally devastated right you know and and that's and and that's a hard it's hard to manage that music is one good way to to do that because you can you can find something for just about every subject right yeah now one of the things i wanted to ask you because you and amber have been together for a while Mm -hmm. have you ever written a song that you thought was totally awesome and you played it for amber (laughs) and she just shot it down I say this because uh, I've been married for 28 years, and I know it has to have happened. Yeah. No, Nate even has a stage story that he basically he talks about it, and he talks about it more like it was in the past, which is mostly true. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, part of it's like our personalities. Nate is like the you know 
super enthusiast about mm. everything. It's like, ah, oh, look at this great idea that I just had, and it's like the best idea in the world. And uh-huh. I'm like, the like critical realist yes. who's uh-huh. like, really? Like, like, what are you, I see what? these huge I see these problems, problems with this. this. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's like, oh. Right. <laughs> oh, I did it again. Right, right. So that's kind of one of those give and take things for us where like, He's forgiving of that I don't get on the bandwagon every single time as hard as him. Uh-huh. And then I have to be a little like, oh, maybe I won't shoot that down completely. <laughs> <laughs> so a good we have an interesting yeah. relationship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yours sounds exactly like my wife and I. Yeah. Because so, I just, I go into things, I, I get an idea and I go into it full bore. Uh-huh. I don't think about any consequences i don't think about <laughs> anything that could possibly go wrong right. and my wife's there saying okay this is going to happen this is going to happen and this is going to happen and it always does yeah so, <laughs> yeah so, so you learn to trust that yeah 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 well after 28 years i think i finally figured it out so. yeah well you know, i've learned that you know if amber thinks a song isn't as good as it ought to be that she's probably right yeah you know and also, uh, I, I another skill that I've learned is basically if I'm scared to show her the song, it's probably not very yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. And, and the other thing with my wife and I is I'm just super naive. I believe everything that if I'm standing with a person, I believe everything they tell me. Sure. And she can just totally bring me back back to earth saying yeah that was wrong that was wrong and that was wrong so it's it, she she's a definite definite yin to my yang and yeah, and, sure. and 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 it's, and and that's important now you guys have been playing out a little bit a little bit outside the borders a little bit uh, did i see you guys were in iowa mm-hmm. yeah you, yeah um, and, yep. and we'll probably be going back to iowa yet this fall mm-hmm um, and we're also working on something in the spring right now that I think is going to be really cool. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give away too much information about that one yet. That's but, okay. Um, uh, yeah, we, we have friends in, and family in Iowa. Okay. Um, we try to get to Indianapolis. Very mm-hmm. regularly. Yeah, we were just there in July as well. Mm-hmm. So when you get in front of a crowd that has never seen you before, what kind of, what kind of reaction are you getting? Well, my, I, I think initially my first goal is to make sure that we don't play very long because uh-huh. I think one one thing I, I, I have observed is that, that if you hit people with too much new material all at once, mm-hmm. it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. People can't take it in mm-hmm. all at once. So that's different than the question you asked, though. Right. I mean, those 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 typically pretty res- positive i mean the response we got in mm-hmm. was was very uh receptive right um uh i would say similar to uh the receptivity that we felt at ignition yeah just on a smaller scale was that showcase not like the best energy no it was a good time <laughs> i mean sometimes sometimes you come to ignition and every it's everybody is so into the music they're they're it almost looks like a lecture if you're looking at it right, from the right. outside. <laughs> so focused. <laughs> yeah, I, I came and I told the story on a podcast that hasn't even been aired yet. But I came. I, I'm a huge Sons of Bill fan. Okay. I mean, like, I'm I'm a super fan to where I kind of stalk them. Okay. I've seen them four <laughs> times. I've seen them in Richmond, Virginia. I've seen them twice here, and I saw them on a Saturday night. 
in Chicago and then saw them Sunday night here. Oh, wow. um, but the first time they played here, I had seen them in Richmond just a few months prior uh-huh. in a bar, and it was my first time at Ignition. So they come in, and I'm like out of my seat, yeah! yeah. And I'm the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Goshen. Yeah. And uh, it, it was a little uncomfortable. My wife's kind of pulling on me, like, sit back down. Right, right. But that whole, the whole showcase thing, I think everybody was kind of up and grooving. And I, I like how they do the stand-up uh-huh. The, the, the stand-up tickets now because mm-hmm. I want to be standing rather than sitting. Right, so right. it's and it's cheaper, so it's great. So <laughs> so I, I like that they've got the standing room and and those people tend to groove a little bit more and that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I think that's a cultural thing. That's why I was a little hesitant to respond to you with a kind of a blanket statement about mm-hmm. what kind of reception we get because it actually I feel like and this isn't just from shiny shiny black but from playing in lots of groups that I feel like. There are cultures, uh, cultural shifts as you move around in the U.S. Mm. And based on... Or even urban to rural. Yeah, and based on those cultures, you will get... The audience will respond to the music differently. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, know, I've played shows in, in, you know, Georgia and... and, uh, um, florida where people are just like jumping uh, they're like hanging off the walls and, right you know just going nuts and they've never seen you before but they're uh-huh. just like going bananas like uh-huh. you would think it was the coolest thing that ever happened yeah like mardi gras all the time you uh-huh. know? and then and then you come to goshen and what's interesting is the people are just engaged but their reaction is totally different yeah there's um, and, and it's not it's not necessarily a bad thing no soaking but i remember in. one time uh, i used to run the goshen theater and i remember one time a band that we had in there the guy gets off the stage during their like kind of intermission mm-hmm. and he goes i think they hate us you know <laughs> and i'm like no dude you don't understand they're <laughs> eating it this. up yeah he's like but they're not like they're not responding and i'm like mm-hmm. the fact that they're quiet and not saying anything uh-huh. means you've got them in your hand yeah you just oh yeah need to go with yeah. that you yeah. know <laughs> and he was just really unnerved by the fact that like you know coming from wherever he was coming from at the time that like that the, the audience right was just whatever. sitting there and being very quiet yeah meant that they were not engaged yeah. or interested in what he was doing right right and it couldn't have been further from the truth yeah well you can tell you can tell an ignition show when it goes well because the merch just sells out Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. totally. And I've told a couple artists that before they came, Israel Nash opened up for Sons of Bill the last time we were here. And and I when I saw him that Saturday night, I said, make sure you bring a lot of merch. And then after the show that they played here, he had like one CD left. And <laughs> I said, I told you, you're going to sell out. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. 
Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.